acres and the grass was greener Wanna turn the page back to the stone age Alright, welcome back to the Rage Rowdy Podcast. You're here this week with uh, Nick and Derek and Miss Hannah Dam Dasher. Well, hey! Rockstar. <laughs> wow. I'm overrated. Hannah, thank you so much for uh, taking some time to be with us this week. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. Uh, we had planned on doing one where all of us were there in person, but I lost my voice during CMA Fest, hooting and hollering and screaming too much. Raising uh, too much rowdy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we had rescheduled, and thank you so much for you know being understanding of that. We appreciate of it. Of course. Yeah. So, um, basically, let's start off with uh, your life back in Georgia. So, was your family musical back there? You know, how did you get into music in general? Ish. Um, I mean, my daddy can sing. He sang in the choir, and he taught me to sing harmony. But uh, he is not one. He doesn't sing in public. It's not his thing. But um, I was raised on. Uh, I mean, the cassette tapes that he had, uh, like the Clint Black and the Keith Whitley and the, uh, like the deep catalog, George Strait kind of stuff. And, you know, uh, and like a lot of Alan Jackson, my mother exposed me to Motown and some Michael Jackson and the Eagles and things like that. And, you know, then eventually I found rock and roll in high school as in like Skinner and the Almond Brothers and Zeppelin. And my life was just complete. <laughs> <laughs> Completely changed. But yes. yes. So, but, but yeah, yeah, I grew up listening to that kind of stuff and, uh, went to the university of Georgia, okay. uh, and did the music business program there and, uh, transferred or I, I went to, uh, I, I couldn't find a job in the music industry because back then it was just, I mean, gas was like five bucks a gallon and it was cray cray. So I took a job at Bass Pro Shops selling Mercury outboard motors and tracker boats. Yes, okay. I did. So in Savannah, so that they would transfer me to Nashville, which they did, and that was my first job in Nashville. Oh, that's awesome! I met Jonathan Singleton and some of those guys. So met Jonathan. I did. I sold him a motor Good. for a sailboat. There you go. Good person to meet. <laughs> He's precious. <laughs> we we See, do a lot of these podcasts, and we always come back to Jonathan Singleton somehow. Really? He's just the most. He's such person. a Nashville whore. I love him, and <laughs> uh, most in the least lustful kind of way. <laughs> Yeah, he's one of my all-time favorites um, songwriters. Just the way he puts words together just puts me in a, in a good place. So, yeah. <laughs> are, we, are, are we man crushing over here, Nikki T? I mean, that's pretty much how it goes. Yeah, what are you going to do? Hey, I mean, I mean, I, I have I have girl crushes on girls. I'm a heterosexual. That's yeah. it. What are you going to do? But so let's talk about um, you know how long you've been in Nashville and you know what what time you've been spending there and who you write with when you're there you know, mostly. Cool. Okay. So, um, I've been here for eight years. So I moved up here to sell boats. Well, that wasn't my goal, obviously, but that was my means to, uh, I lived in an attic and ate peanut butter, jelly sandwiches and five er, and bologna sandwiches, uh, and sold bass boats and outboard motors over at Bass Pro. And I had two days off during the week to figure out what in the hell co-writing was and to go out and, you know, like whiskey jam wasn't started up just yet. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I had to go, I mean, I didn't know a soul in town. So I just, I knew that I had to do, you know, I had to network like I, and go to restaurants by myself and go hang and just, uh, be a familiar face and kind of figure out what co-writing was. And so I, uh, you know, I took my days off during the week 
to go do that. And then eventually I did, uh, you know, I signed a publishing deal with a BMG. That's my first deal. And uh, I love them. I had a ball over there. I worked with Jeff Stevens. He produced some sides on me and we're still very close. Um, it is a dating game, though, kind of like uh, I guess everything kind of goes and chocolate is awesome. Fried chicken is awesome, but I wouldn't necessarily pair them together. Anyway, so uh, Daniel Lee, my publisher at the time at BMG, um, uh, had a hunch about Jaron Johnston. And I was like, yeah, right. He's on my rock and roll heroes. Ain't no damn way he's going right with me. <laughs> anyway, because I, you know, I, Whiskey Jam had, had started then, and I love Ward Gunther. And, and at that time, I met Channing Wilson and just a bunch of, you know, a bunch of my people that I'm a champion of and vice versa. Anyway, but, you know, Ward had the Cadillac Black come play one night and I was hooked, you know, obviously, you know, so years later I still follow the band. And then anyway, Jaron Johnston comes to one of my shows at the basement uh, a couple of years ago. His wife, Evan is a badass. Um, she had a hunch herself. So she invited him to come to one of my shows and Jared actually got up on stage with me in the middle of my set and like oh, wow. did some of this kind of, a, okay, we're on microphone. We're on this all audio. On the, anyway, but yeah, it was cool. We uh, we hit it off. We wrote a cool song. We wound up being the title track of my record. We just finished my record. Oh, awesome. That he co-produced with Oscar Charles. Um, but yeah, yes. I mean, I, I write regularly with, you know, with him and with Neil Mason. Uh, Neil, Neil is my, one of my writer, uh, writers. Oscar Charles and I, Oscar uh, co-produced the record with Jaron. And, and he and I write really well together. Um but, uh, I mean, who else do I write with? I don't know. Lainey Wilson and I write a lot together. and um, yeah, We've seen Lainey on uh, social media. absolutely love her EP, too. She's great. She's so precious. I just love her to pieces. Yeah, I'm excited about you all to hear the stuff that I've written with her that she's going to release later, later. But anyway, but, yeah, I am, um, you know, when Barbara, I mean, I just I try to write with, uh, you know, it's, it's a dating game like anything else. So, so, so yeah. So, in terms of your sound... Like, what do you think you would classify your sound as? Like, rock, country, what What are you emerging of? What's, how would you describe that to someone if they hadn't heard your music yet? Um, can I you quote sure can. other people? Or is it just yeah, me? there's some good quotes out there. So I know, right, right. Well, my, my favorite quote that I've heard, Leanne Phelan was the first one to say it, and then Jaron Johnston well, we won't tell him that he didn't coin this phrase, but he thinks that he did. Anyway, but, you know, they call me a dolly on cocaine. I've never tried to sound like Dolly Parton. Alan Jackson is a very huge vocal influence, and so is Aretha Franklin. So if Aretha and Alan Jackson and Tom Petty, you know, and Hank Williams Jr. had a child together. It would be Hannah Damp Asher. Hannah Dasher would be doing <laughs> probably, yes. Yeah. I'd say you definitely have like a great retro throwback vibe in your songs, in your wardrobe. Oh, I appreciate so, that. So that's what I feel with your songs. I, I, that's one reason Lainey took to me is because she's like, I haven't met anybody else over here that wears bell bottoms all the time <laughs> like I do. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I just, uh, I don't know. I, I love a homey, uh, I love stuff that takes you back and yeah. makes you remember. I love to rock and roll, but I mean, country music is just my bread and butter. I would literally give my life for country music. I absolutely love that description. I think it's spot on, <laughs> um, whoever came up with it. But yeah, like when, when I listen to your music, what I think is I'm like, oh man, like this is the voices 
that you would think of hearing in the 80s or the 90s in country music in the best female voices and then with a kick-ass rock on the back of it you know so i absolutely love it that's that's one that's why you're one of our absolute favorites so well i love y'all and i'm very thankful that jared and i found the sound it's uh you know it's uh it's a difficult thing to do, you know, because uh, my, my voice is, you know, if, if it's just me and an acoustic guitar, it's going to sound like Lori Morgan, yeah. you know, or Trisha or, or, you know, or like you said, you know, that, that homey nineties era kind of a thing, you know, but when I plug in my yeah. Telecaster, uh, it starts to kind of take, it, it starts to take a fresher form and, uh, and reach a wider audiences. So I really hope that, I hope this music is able to touch people, um, and uh and bring some new fans to country music we definitely know a, a lot of people that are fans and really? you know, we we talked to a lot of people about you um you're a freaking rock star um there's there's a lot of badass women in country right now um you know farron um ashley mcbride maybe yeah, patrick you know they so all sweet. come to mind um, we absolutely include you on that list um how do you feel about the presence of females in country music right now I think we're making a comeback by God. Absolutely. Um, uh, I will say this, if I can be totally honest. Um, I think there has been such a hunger for good female music countries Definitely. for a while mm -hmm. that we've been starving for it. We as in just, you know, listeners have been starving for it. And I think we kind of get excited about canned chicken. But I believe there's prime rib out there that is yet to be heard. And I think we need to be getting excited about the prime yeah. rib, not canned chicken. And that's what I'll say. That's what I'll say. I like that a lot. Well, that's, that's one of the things, like, the people that we're into the most of the female artists are those badass girls like you guys. You know what I mean? And that's the stuff that... Well, I mean, hell yeah, girl power, absolutely. I mean, I've... You know, but BMG signed me because, you know, I was a masculine writer, you know. Um, and... Uh, I mean, girl, I mean, I have nothing against girly music. Girly music has never turned me on, though. You know, when I crank up my run mix, you know, I'm going to have Rival Sons or, you know, Eric Church or somebody on there that, you know, I just I just like to write and sing what makes me feel cool personally, what makes me feel like a badass and what I believe in. Otherwise, I'm not going to sing it or deliver it if I don't feel cool about that it. Makes sense. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And, and that being said, um, like I said, you you do come across as kind of a badass. You've played with <laughs> I'm not trying. <laughs> you've played with Cadillac Three, John Party, and those are two of our top <laughs> two right there. Top, um, top five. That's yeah. like bucket list right there. What's it like? One of the best. Guys? One of the best live. Two of the best live bands. The All Nighters are some of the most fun guys you will ever see. Like Terry Palmer, Lee Francis. Bill McLaren, all of those. I freaking love them. They threw me a surprise birthday party a couple years ago. Nice. I was precious. I haven't, I don't get to see them as much as I like now, but um, but they're great. The Cadillac Three uh, listeners out there, if you've not seen that band live, before you die, go watch them. Or just You're anytime soon. <laughs> the, Steel, the Steelwoods, the Steelwoods are also, I mean, I, you know, if you, if any of you guys, like if, uh, Nick, yeah. have you seen the Steelwoods live? Yet, Derek, have you seen the Steelwoods? I have not. Oh, my Lord. Just pre pretend like it's like Waylon <laughs> meets Leonard Skinnerd with, with a lot of swag <laughs> and cocaine on top of yeah. that. Y'all. I saw it, those guys oh open up for Party who opened up for Miranda. <laughs> that was a fucking killer show. 
Yes, yes. I, I didn't get to make it out to any of those shows on that tour, but um, anyway, yes, fun was had by all. I got some funny pictures and text messages, yeah. messages but anyway, there's that. But y'all have great taste in music, and I appreciate you including me and and you know and listening to the girls that are out there too. I mean, hell yeah! But I just I, I think of my, myself <laughs> as a man, really. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you're badass, but I I think you're a badass. I yeah. <laughs> no. I, yes. I, I'm definitely <laughs> a woman. Last time I looked. <laughs> so let's talk about the music that you already have out. You said you just finished your album, but let's talk about the songs. Let's talk about the songs that you put out um, yeah. in 2017, and then you know the one in 2018. So um, let's talk about okay. drinking out loud. We'll start with that. Oh, blessed, blessed! I wrote that with Chris Dubois, and um, oh my God, I can't think it's. What about you listen to this podcast? Oh, it's so sweet. He plays with Little River Band. Mine escapes me. Anyway, um, I'm a fan of Salt and Pepper. <laughs> the what a man, what a man, what a man, what a mighty good man. Anyway, I was just home on that song for whatever reason, and I had that hook line, and, uh, you know, was just sitting in the room with Chris Dubois, and uh, he, he is going to try to pull the most uh, commercial, radio-friendly uh, I, I've learned a lot from writing with him. Um, I had my first uh, major cut uh, with him, actually. He was a co-writer on that song. But um, anyway, yeah, Drinking Out Loud. Uh, oh, well, the idea came from, oh, God, my stepdad is a character. You'd have to meet him. He was class clown in 1975, 76. But he, uh, we were at a restaurant back home, and we had a waitress, uh who had a larger tummy and he assumed she was pregnant yeah, and, and made some endearing at the moment was trying a genuine comment being on her feet all day, kind of a thing. Anyway, and of course, obviously she was not pregnant. So yeah, it, it's hilarious when you're there in that situation, but that kind of inspired the opening line of the song. What do you think in drinking when you're pregnant? In that, uh, like this? When I hear that, I had to wonder if you were throwing back <laughs> with some of the lyrics you came up with. <laughs> I mean, I have hit on a gay man, but my gaydar is pretty good by now. You know, I've had gay men. I just, you know, I mean, I love all people, but yeah. But anyway, yeah, it's it's a fun song. It's a, you know, I wouldn't call it a hit, but it's, you know, it's it's a good showcase of my personality. Yeah, that's and, when uh, I, that's the first song. I, honestly, that's the song when I first heard you. So I saw you sign the deal with Jaren. Um, online and then uh one that's the it's first song that i heard and i was just like man this this is a person that i want to meet and hang out with <laughs> you know what i mean like just from that song <laughs> so i agree i think it's a well honey and, and we do and we have and you're a blast too and i love you for that um but yeah yeah i mean it's a uh, it doesn't groove as much as what a man what you know but it's uh you know like we we didn't we didn't do a lot of auto tuning or anything on uh, my vocals on this record. It's very raw. It's just a big, heavy country sound. So, so yeah. So drinking out loud, I put out. What else? What else we put out there? Nineteen nineties heartbreak. Let me in. Yeah, and then the Stone Days. Yes, I wrote nineteen nineties heartbreak and uh, the Stone okay. Days. I wrote those two with Neil Mason. So. Uh, and you dropped Stone Age on 420, didn't you? Yeah, and that was Neil's idea, too. It was great. The day Glenn Fry died, I was, like, literally, of the Eagles, I was sitting on my sofa. My retro-ass sofa is from 1954. And uh, my buddy, uh, James, was over there, and he was like, hey, you should write a song called The Stone Age. I'm like, you know what? 
I believe I will. <laughs> and so I did. Uh, and uh, anyway, I just got thinking about Glenn Fry and just the 70s era rock and roll. And uh, that's what the song is about. My Lord, if I could go back to the times where wood paneling adorned the walls and long hair was reckless <laughs> and you could smoke inside, I would be living the life. Absolutely. I still kind of am. So. But, but the song's doing well, considering I, it wasn't added on a major playlist yet. But, yeah, I mean, considering I'm a nobody and I have very few followers, I mean, I'm, I already got like 27,000 downloads on it. That's pretty good. Yeah, I think it's rocking, too. And I think I think it's funny because everybody knows Jaron writes hits, right? But they don't realize that Neil does, too, you know? Neil and I have been really fortunate to catch the, I don't know, it's a, I don't know what it is, but like I said, what 45 times it is a dating game but like i just believe that song i'm just a vessel but you have to stand in the right place or either hold your guitar and your pen and paper in the right place and you just have to catch it as it's falling out of the sky and uh and when you stand in the right place and you get to catch it it's a really cool thing it doesn't happen all the time you know but uh the song let me in um right that with victoria banks she is precious one of my favorite canadians Besides Megan Patrick. Um, but yeah, that's that song is actually a letter to Nashville. Um, and I wrote that several years ago before women were making uh, such a comeback. And I was just kind of pissed. I, not kind of, I was, mm-hmm. you know, but, uh, but you know, let me in, let me in, because I'm about to break on through. Right. Um, I've literally come to that point where it's like, you know, if you're, if you're not going to give me a shot, I'm going to make my own shot. Um, and it's not just, not, not just for me, but just for, other people out there, you know, I, I'm, I'm a fan of, uh, you know, like my Laney and, uh, you know, Brent Cobb and just, there's just, there's a, a Joe Forter. There's a lot of talent out there that I want the world to hear, Yeah. you know, and I just, and I think that real talent deserves a shot. Absolutely. So speaking of Job, you wrote Bad Eye Birmingham. Yeah. Job and Eric, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In my um, house. It was so much fun. Yeah. And they're two of our favorites right there. So talk about that song a little bit. It's oh, my one. Lord. You know, well, Eric is, he's precious. We just wrote a cool one too called Rock and Roll Jesus. But uh, Eric, uh, he's like, hey, I don't know what this means, but I just had this phrase coming to me, uh, uh, Bad Eye of Birmingham. And I was like, Flew out of there like a bat out of Birmingham. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, let's write that. I'm like, okay. And Joe's like, hell yeah, let's write it. Anyway, no, it's just, uh, I don't know. I have a history of heartbreak from Alabama. Anyway, it just kind of, I don't know. It just, you know, it just, it just works. It was one of those days that, uh, and, and Job had this kick-ass lick on the guitar. And, uh, you know, it just, lyric and melody married one another. And, <laughs> It's a great song. That's one of my favorite unreleased songs right now. Well, thank you. That means a lot to me. I appreciate I appreciate that. It means a lot to uh, it means a lot to Joe too. He and I are really really close. And uh, anyway, um, I just uh, I believe in that kid. I do. I believe in him so much. I'm wearing his mama's ring right now. <laughs> We've definitely been spreading the word. I've been saying best voice in Nashville. Always, always oh, oh, very talented. And what blows my mind is he calls me for vocal tips. Hey. How do you do this run here? Like, what do I need to do here? Blah, 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 blah. And, and, and I'm humble and thankful, you know, that he even, I don't know, but he, uh, he looks up to me for some reason as like a singer songwriter. Um, but I just think he's, I look up to him. I think he's talented. So. so I've actually read some of your goals 
Yes. And one that stood out to me was um, that you want to be in a position to one day help a young dreamer like you. Yes. Uh, achieve their country music dream. Absolutely. Um, sounds like you're already helping some people out, but how exactly do you see yourself meeting that goal? Like just mentoring or do you have um, any aspirations to be a producer someday? Um, not to be a producer, no. But uh, uh, <sighs> Miranda saw a lot of talent in Angelina Presley, and she heard her record. The, the Miranda heard Angelina's record. Daniel Lee actually sent it to her, and the next the next week, Angelina was on a tour bus with Miranda going out, and they started writing together. And then Pistol Annie was born. You know, like uh, Miranda provided that opportunity for someone that the world would not have heard of. Mm -hmm. Angelina Presley is a dear friend and one of the most talented females that I know. She's precious. Um, anyway, and that just kind of speaks to me, uh, just that, just, I think it's awesome to share the spotlight, like Patsy Cline shared her spotlight with her friends and I mean, hell, she paid rent for Dottie West. Like this, this town was built on sharing your groceries, if that makes sense. Um, and I've been fussed at though, Nick and Derek, I have my, I've been fussed at by my buddies for sharing groceries when I didn't have enough to eat myself, but I just love music that much and um uh i was telling dan smalley tonight we were talking about that um i just uh if, if i believe in somebody i'm gonna pray for them as much or more than i pray for myself i just love music that much so if i just want to be in a position to find somebody like me who doesn't have you know connections in the industry you know i'm, I'm not the daughter of some you know, famous person. I don't have a big old trust fund. Um, you know, I don't have a big in with any of my fraternity brothers. You know, I don't have eight cuts on my buddy's record who just had some overnight success. No offense to those that have had it. You know, I'm doing this blindly from scratch. And I just uh, would love to be in a position to, uh, to take somebody on tour one day with me that I really believe in who, who wouldn't have a shot otherwise. No. What Jaron Johnson's doing yeah. for me. Oh yeah. So sorry for talking so much. Yeah, I didn't no, take my well, well said. Well said. Um, so we hear these. We hear about this. Great question. <laughs> we. <laughs> Don't worry about us. We're just sipping on some bourbon down here. <laughs> Buffalo Trace. Cheers. <laughs> Buffalo Trace Lawrence. That's what. I, what uh, so we, we hear. So we hear and see. Uh, Go ahead, Nick. Like I'm sorry. Name, uh, Miss Marguerite Jenkins, and. Uh, do you know? Do you know her? Oh dear! <laughs> so Marguerite, <clears throat> bless it. Marguerite <laughs> is uh, uh, she is an alter ego. She is the equivalent of Earl Dibbles Jr. Or that's or that that's who she wants to be. Basically, I think what Granger is doing is brilliant. But um, Marguerite is a recreation of my mother's mother. My nana is the her name is Miriam. So. I didn't want to use Miriam. I, I, anyway, Marguerite just kind of came out one day. But anyway, but my grandmother is the white Medea. She's a pistol packing. She doesn't smoke, but she's a cussing, pistol packing, tell it like it is, old Southern woman. Anyway, and uh, my Nana has, uh, she's hilarious whether she intends to be or not. So a lot of these stories are true. Like the one about Waylon Jennings and tight pants. That's actually a true story. 
like yeah, like the Idaho potato in his crotch. Yeah, that is that's Waylon Jennings. <laughs> that's that's my Nana. So uh, so Marguerite is just. Uh, I, I'm really just retelling a lot of these stories. Uh, it's hilarious. Well, I, pre- I thank you for listening. Marguerite is a, you know, it, it's funny because some people don't realize that it's an app. And Jaron showed me the app. He and Kit Moore send, uh, I'm going to tell them both of them, but they both send each other these like gay character precedes. I don't know a lot with this space app. It's called uh, Masquerade. <laughs> anyway, so Jaron showed me the app. Anyway, and unfortunately, the only old, the only old person mass I could find. It's like this white trash Cherokee woman from <laughs> West Virginia or something. But anyway, but yes, Marguerite was born. <laughs> but yes, y'all should follow her. I'm at M Jenkins, 1941. Uh, she tries to be wholesome. She does love the Lord. She does cuss a small bit, but she, she tries to maintain a little bit of class, but Marguerite tells it like it is. I think and so. uh, raise rowdy. If you ever want to interview Marguerite, she yeah. would probably be up for it. We were we were thinking about getting her on a podcast. In the we future. should totally get Marguerite. We heard y'all were t- yeah, 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 yeah. We're pretty tight. She had she had her uh, quote unquote Mammy Graham today, so she is out of commission. She said it was like a panini press on her bosom. Anyway, yes. <laughs> can you imagine? <laughs> but yeah, she'll she'll be out and about soon. <laughs> So what can you tell us about your, your new project, stuff that we haven't heard? It's already. called Heavy. Can you tell us anything? It's called Heavy. Um, I've been writing more stuff. I, I I really could make three records if I wanted to. Mm. I really want to make some more music. But um, it is uh, the record's called Heavy. It is uh, lyric-driven. Um, it's country music with an edge. You know, it's uh, retro-fresh as – summarize how Derek put it earlier. Um, got some stuff with Michael Heaney on there, obviously with Jaron. Um, Neil's got a few cuts on there. Um, Terry McBride. There's a song called Love Down Deep. Um, I, don't, I mean, and there's a song called Beauty of Imperfection that Reba's held for a while and Carrie Underwood held for a while. And anyway, uh, but it's got Charlie Worsham is going to sing. He sang vocals on it and Oscar did too. But, um, it's a, it's got that Wayland phaser on it, and uh, I, I'm just so excited for you guys to hear it. I am, uh, I, I can't release it yet per orders, you know, you know how that goes. I, I wish that I could put the whole dang thing out there, but you know, we are. I'm obviously in the process of dating record labels, if you will, and uh, doing that phase here. Free, free drinks and a bunch of teasing and no pleasing, but we'll see. But yeah, it's just it's just uh, uh, some of my favorite songs, some of Jaron's favorite songs that I've written. And and what the cool thing is is Jaron only has one cut on my record. The rest is just stuff that he has just fallen in love with from my BMG catalog. I've got two songs on there from my Sony catalog, and I'm a Sony writer. Mm-hmm. The rest are from four or five years ago. Uh, just songs that they've just fallen in love with. And uh, I have a song called Older Men that I thought Pistolani was going to take. It does mention Viagra and things like that, but it's it's such a fun song and it just goes over well live. And uh, um, I may get sued by Kanye West because I do mention gold digger kind of stuff. But anyway, I I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun, and I hope that people, uh, you know, I hope, I hope that it means something to the, to the folks that hear it. I'm sure it will. So absolutely. So, 
Are you guys ready for the uh, this or that questions? Go for I'm it. I'm sorry. I feel like I'm rambling. I apologize. No. Go ahead. Oh, no, you're good. Yeah. Um, so I have some questions, and I'm going to make you pick one or the other. Cool. So Here we go. So, yeah. 80s country or 90s country? Oh, shit. Ooh, 1989 was like my fave, but I'll say okay. 90s. Red Rocks or the Reba vodka or tequila oh any mini <laughs> vodka Joplin or Dolly are you kidding <laughs> me right now I, I want to make chocolate fudge <laughs> with Dolly in her breakfast cream and talk about <laughs> sex I, that, that's like one of my bucket list items Dolly all day long and who is the one person that you would want to get stuck in an elevator with Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton. There it is. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Who would you want to get? Well, I don't know. Um, I have kind of a crush on Easton Corbin, so I mean, I might pull a Top Gun move <laughs> on him. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time, Anna. We appreciate you sitting with us, and uh, this has been one of my favorite podcasts so far. Oh, bless it. Hey, thank you so much for having me, Derek, Nick. Thank y'all for what you do and what you're doing for country daggum music. Thank y'all for finding the good stuff. Appreciate it. Thank you. Take me back to the stone days, talking backstage, almond brothers band. Tied out a little t-shirt with a mushroom and a beer in hand. They had more soul in the speakers and the grass was greener. Wanna turn the page? Back to the storm